TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to a Thursday edition of Two Guys and a Mic, TalkZone.com. Come. The big dog not here today, sitting in for him, Jordan Burnfield, JB, if you will, the young gun joining us, Jordan. Great to have you, my friend, and uh, I believe this is our initial show where we are not only heard, but we are seen. Maybe good for us, probably not so good for our listening and viewing audience. There's a reason why we're on radio. Yes. We have faces for radio, and now that we're going to be on camera, I'm a little bit nervous for our audience. However, what I will say is... Maybe they could do something to soft-focus the lens so that we become just some blurred objects, and then yes. that'll be easier on their eyes. Yes, I do want to thank our three makeup people before the show, uh, Shelly, uh, Angie, and Mary. I want to appreciate them for doing some tremendous work, believe me. If you're doing were makeup those the drag me, queens outside? Or huh? Were those the drag queens outside? Those were two out of the three. Oh, okay. I wouldn't put Angie in that category, but uh, we appreciate the makeup people. Webcasting, that's a whole new experience not sure I'm going to like it or not, but we will see. Hopefully our viewers will, but uh, it's great to have everybody on board Sports Talk from 10 to 11 Central Time every single weekday. We do it Monday through Friday, one hour a week, one hour a day, I should say, five hours a week. Still shocking to me, JB, that they let us on the air for that much time. Yeah, but Somebody made a poor management decision. Well, they did, and now they're making the poor management decision of not only putting us on the on the Internet radio, but yes. on the Internet TV, which is yeah, a little bit scary. You got that right. Yeah. <laughs> but what I will say is that I think this is a good thing for our listening and now viewing audience because there are many people like me, who's a geek, who like to watch radio. They mm-hmm. think it's interesting. I mean, you know, when Imus had his television show, that was a big deal in New York. Mike Francesa's got his radio show on TV mm-hmm. all day. You know, we don't see that much in Chicago except for radio people who – think that they're still doing radio, but they're actually doing TV ahem Monsters in the Morning, which is now defunct. Mm-hmm. However, you know, it's one of those things where it's, you know, people enjoy watching other people talk. And so I think this will be an interesting experience for them. You might be right. You might be right. You think these headphones uh, bring out my skin tone colors okay? Or I think the, that they uh... match you pretty well, okay. especially with your purple and black shirt today. Uh, I think that the black headphones are right. a nice compliment. I requested a light maroon, and I think they're on order. Hopefully, they'll be coming in soon. But, you know, now i got to worry about everything. i got to make the desk look a little bit organized here. Although, I guess for radio, uh, maybe maybe a little bit messy probably looks the part a little bit better. If you're too neat, not good. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, most radio sets on TV have things strewn all over the table. Right. That's sort of part of the deal. Right. And you can kind of... You know, radio people on TV don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have to wear suits. No. They can be a little more relaxed. Typically, I eat an apple. My regular morning breakfast is the instant oatmeal at home, a little cup of instant oatmeal. And then on the drive here, I go peanut butter sandwich, no jelly. Peanut, just peanut butter. Just peanut butter. On the white bread the, uh, or the wheat the, bread? the smart balance peanut butter on 100% whole wheat. Okay. Not bad, huh? Uh, What's yeah. wrong with 100% whole wheat? No, 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 that's good. 
just a, just peanut butter, I like to have the jelly in there, Well, too. I know you do, but I'm explaining why I'm trying to stay healthy. Okay. And then I have the apple, and typically I munch on this apple during the show. Now, with what, during the breaks or during the commercials, David, are we still on air? Oh, he just shook his head. Yes, we Too bad are. we can't webcast David Olson, oh, they by can, the way. They can Much st- more telegenetic face for webcasting. Yes, but I think that this will be a new segment of the show. People will watch you eat an apple as they do. And I think, to be honest with you, that they've probably heard you chew that apple yeah. multiple times on the air. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that the secret's already yeah. been out that you eat an apple every show. All right. Well, we, we as we've said before, we have no buttons to push for the cough button or the sneeze button. We believe, and I don't know, webcasting might prove us differently, but we believe by having the cough, the sneeze, the munching of the apple, the passing of the gas, whatever it might be. Jordan, it brings us closer to the listeners. It does. If they can hear a cough, a little sniffle, a blow of the nose, a passing of the gas. It makes our show more real. I, I agree. I think it's <laughs> it's definitely going to enhance the experience of the listeners. No, <laughs> enhance, all right. Yes, I, I hope mean, they don't come up with scratch and sniff radio, by the way. That, that might not be good for our show. That would be bad when Joel is in here. <laughs> that would be very bad. All right, let's talk some sports, if we could. College hoops last night. We got... Uh, a little NFL playoff preview. Tomorrow's our football Friday, Jordan, but uh, great games. Great games coming up this weekend as I'm still trying to chew the apple. See, normally, without the webcasting, the apple will be devoured, but now I'm self-conscious. Well, but they can still probably hear that you're chewing the apple. They can yeah. probably still hear the digesting, the me- mechanical uh, digesting, as mm-hmm. my biology teacher once told me, of the apple. Thank you very much for that uh, outstanding description. We are America's number one breakfast show. As long as you're not eating breakfast and you're in America. 888-463-6748. That's our phone number. Dial it up. Talk some sports with us. Great college basketball last night. Locally here, we saw a pretty good Big Ten game. Wisconsin and Northwestern. The Wildcats going down to defeat Michigan State. And Mark Harmon on the call for that Northwestern game again. I did not know that. Yeah. He did play-by-play again? Did play-by-play again. It was for an unfortunate circumstance that Dave Ennett could not be there to do it. Okay. There was a loss in his family, so, you know, our condolences to him Uh and his family. He wasn't able to be there, so Mark was thrown into the mix, and he got to do do the game. And and I didn't hear it Mm -hmm. because I was working myself, but I heard reviews that came in were good. So I'm, you know, I'm glad for him that he got to that he got that chance again. And for those that are vast listening audience not familiar with who and or what Mark Carmen is, he would be dot dot dot. He is the producer and also on-air talent at WGN Radio, who occasionally fills in on this radio, television, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, experience. He sits his rather rotund keister in the uh, very same seat that you are in now, my friend. He he does. Mm-hmm. And now, see now. The theater of the mind jokes you make about my preparation not being there, you can't yes. really make those anymore. Because yes. now people can verify that I actually did bring the newspaper today. Well, the newspaper, yeah. But to, if you look to, at all the notes and the sheets of paper, I don't want to brag or anything, but uh, you know, my preparation is bigger than your preparation. This is true. But your preparation is done by writing things down. <laughs> yes. My preparation is done by reading things on the Internet. Ah. And based on but your... But you remember? You, I mean, you don't write notes? I remember notes. a lot of things. No, I mean, I, I normally, like... If I were in your position where I had to steer the show more, I would probably bring more notes with things, but mm-hmm. I can react to you. That's my job here. I'm the mm-hmm. reactor. So in that case, I, I've read up a lot, and I've done enough preparation where I feel like mm-hmm. I can be halfway intelligent 40% of the time. All right, reaction boy. React to uh, college hoops last night. How about Kansas and uh uh, Syracuse both winning again. They go 16-1 and on the year. And the Texas Longhorns defeat Iowa State, and they go 17-0. and I think we take for granted 
some of those top teams that year in and year out continue to be successful. And, you know, there's three great examples. Texas, 17 consecutive wins. Pretty impressive. They beat Iowa State last night again. They, they have a really good team. And it's, you know, they kind of go unnoticed a little bit almost because Texas is the type of team that, you know, you hear a lot about Kansas. I think a lot of people know the players on Kansas you know, I don't think that this, the country knows a ton about Texas this year yeah. in basketball. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times they get overshadowed by their football program. Um, you, you talked about teams that are good year in and year out. What it really means is that you have to reload. I mean, you can't really rebuild. I mean, there are a lot of programs in college basketball and college football that may have a couple good years as a stretch and then slide a little bit until they're able to bring the talent back in to get them to that level. Mm-hmm. I think a perfect example of that is Syracuse because they lost a lot of players from last year's team, and this year they're better than they were last year. Yep. And with nobody's talking about them. People take it for granted. And your point is well taken, and the point I'm trying to make is you got to give those teams credit. Don't take them for granted. I don't think we realize how hard it is to stay on top of the mountain. And Jim Beheim and uh, the Syracuse Orangemen, Texas Longhorns under Rick Barnes, teams like that continue to win. And again this year, uh, you know, it's hard to say a nondescript 16-1. and But Syracuse is just coasting along. Well, Syracuse's 16-1 and is pretty good, actually. I mean, they beat North Carolina. No, they beat Cal. I mean, they, it's, when I say coasting along, I was saying it somewhat facetiously. Like yeah. the rest of us in college hoops are taking it for granted. Oh, right. Ho-hum, yeah. they win another game yesterday, at sixteen and one. I right. don't think we realize, or maybe we just don't think about it, how tough that is. And I'm giving due credit to those powerhouse programs. It's not easy to be a consistent powerhouse. Texas and Syracuse and Kansas have done that. The one thing I will say, I think you're right, but I also think there's another point to that, and that is that once your program is established enough where you have consistently won. Recruiting works itself out. And what I mean by that is I don't think Mike Krzyzewski has to recruit nearly as hard as he used to have to recruit. I think that the best players in the country, if Duke wants you, you're going. I mean, that's that's how it is, I think, now. I just think that what's great about college basketball, I think this is a lot more true than in college football because you have less players on the team, is that there are so many good athletes that even if a top coach doesn't get Duke's player or a Carolina player, they can still get an excellent ball player that could lead them potentially to, if not a conference championship, but a national championship. So I think that's what's leveled the playing field. But in terms of the top players, if if I'm if I'm a top college basketball player, I know that Bill Self, Roy Williams, and Mike Shashevsky are going to be there to recruit me, right? I mean, if I want to talking the elite. 5, 10, or 15. Right, but I think that those programs, and I think Texas is probably kind of on the cusp of being there because they haven't won the big one as much as like a Duke or a Carolina or some of these other schools, but they're like you said, they're a consistently good team. I think if I'm a great player living in the state of Texas, I'm probably playing for Rick Barnes. I mean, I don't think Rick Barnes has to nearly do as much as he probably had to do 10 years ago to get me to go mm-hmm. to school there because the school sells itself. We win every year. Great campus, great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You want to play for us, right. right? I mean, I think that there, I think that there's validity to that. So that you, you're almost uh, the I'm success. Not to, I'm not trying to discredit yeah, that, no, but I, I think that their success yep. has made it that way. Yep. Uh, well, no question about it. College basketball, great games yesterday, and and you are correct. Top programs are going to uh, recruit. Is a little bit easier. You're almost recruiting yourself. Uh, winning breeds winning. Success breeds success. Right. Good players want to continue going there. Of course, I could counter argument your counter argument. Can you do that? I think I can. I'm like allowed. In my cousin Vinny, I'm going to make you a counter offer. Yeah. 
Did that was that a decent Marissa Tomei yeah, right with, there? With with the youths. With the youths. Excuse me, the what? The youths. The youths. The what? The youths. You mean youths? The youths. That, that is what they've been saying all along. Is that Fred Gwynn? Is that who is blind, Pink Panther and uh, well, my cousin Vinny? Right, but I'm saying yeah, that uh, was Fred Gwynn. Fred Gwynn, who the is judge. also Herman Munster. Absolutely, that's great. Yeah, I mean, he's you know what? The guy looks like Frankenstein. Yeah. So I mean, for him to play any other role, he, it's sort of like, well, you're Herman Munster for a reason, pal. Uh-huh. They look for a guy that looked exactly like Frankenstein. You fit the yeah. bill. You know what though? Uh, for the judge and my cousin Vinny, he did a hell of a job. He did. He was a very understanding judge. I thought he should have won a Best Supporting Actor award, but, uh, you know, they don't listen to me. I would have called the case a mistrial when Vinny showed up in the red velvet suit. That would have been the end for me. Oh, that was good stuff. It was. All right, 888-463-6748, the phone number. Dial it up, folks. Talk some college hoops for us. We're going to get to the NFL football playoffs, um, and we will also talk a little Winter Olympics. Got a couple other things to do with baseball, too, because the baseball winter meetings are going on. They're uh, discussing, among other things, some new rules. Or well, rule not, revisions. not the winter meetings, but a committee. Is I'm meeting. sorry, yes, yeah. the, the rules committee is right. Meeting. The rules committee. Well, you talk about a happy-go-lucky party group there. Yeah, well. I mean, you want you want to hit the hotel party line for that baby when the <laughs> rules committee meets. Look out, <laughs> two o'clock in the morning in the hotel lounge. Now, guys, 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 if we go to a seven-game series versus a yeah. five-game series, what kind of ramifications does this have on our game? Mm-hmm. Get me another Russian vodka. <laughs> I mean, really, it's it, you know, I, I can't imagine that's too much of a party. But I will say that they, a couple of the things that they're talking about, you know, moving the first round of the playoffs from five games to seven games, yep. I, I think you have to do that. I do. I, baseball is a sport you can play every day. There's no reason why we have to have a five-game series. It's not like, you know, in, a, in maybe another sport where it's really taxing. And I would argue that there are sports, the other sports that are more taxing than baseball in terms of physicality, they play seven-game series. I mean, the, the NBA plays seven-game series, even though it takes about a month and a half to complete each seven-game series. They play seven-game series. Same thing with the, with the NHL. And I think that Major League Baseball, you know, when you have five-game series, it changes the competitive balance because you have to have a team that has one or two aces at the top to get you through a short series. Mm-hmm. And then in the seven-game series, it, it far more evens the playing field in terms of the best team trying to beat the best team. I think that, you know, that's the biggest problem with these five-game series. The best pitcher can usually take you to the NLCS. And you know what? If nothing else, if they had seven-game series, it would guarantee the Cubs four losses in October as opposed to three. (laughs) Possibly an extra playoff game for our playoff-hungry Chicago Cub fans. The big negative with that, and uh, when we come back from our first break, by the way, our our, uh, fine intern staff, our fine assistant production staff has come up with a few suggestions to speed up the rules of baseball. To speed up the game so they don't last quite three and a half hours, which they can at times. We'll throw some of those out there. We'll also put it out as our daily quandary today as the rules committee is meeting. If you were invited, you the listener out there, if you could sit in on that party group, on the rules committee, a couple of cocktails in the hotel lounge, what rules suggestions for the fine sport of baseball? Doesn't have to be a major rule change, maybe just a tweet. What would you suggest? 888-463-6748. You can email at Mike. Two guys at AOL.com, our daily quandary. And I, and I have one other thing that, for those of you listening out there, if you want to join me, I had David Olson before the show look it up. Yep. It's 571 miles okay. from Hallis Hall to Knoxville, Tennessee. It'll take us about eight and a half hours. If you're willing to caravan with me, we can drive Lovey Smith to Knoxville so that he can become the new football coach at Tennessee and get him the hell out of Dodge. If you'd like to join me. 
888-463-6748. I'm having an apple during the break. TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic and an apple. Guys and a mic, your mid morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. And we do welcome you back to the talkzone.com. Before we get to our baseball rules suggestions, and uh, later on in the show, we will touch again on the NFL football playoffs course tomorrow with uh, Brian Bauer, and we're going to have a full-fledged football Friday. Should be very, very exciting. Four great co- games coming up. Over the weekend. By the way, I find it interesting that you're going to have Brian Bauer in yep. the show on the Friday before season eight of 24 begins with Jack Bauer. Is there any relationship between ah, Brian and Jack? That's an outstanding point, and the answer to that is no, but thank you for asking. I wish that there was, don't you? By the way, Kiefer Sutherland, the who who is Jack Bauer? He really is Jack Bauer. He just uses the alias Kiefer Sutherland when he's out in public. <laughs> he, last night, was on Letterman. Okay. And he lost a bet and wore a dress on Letterman last really? night. Really? Yes. Wore a dress. I mean, oh. he comes out. I mean, it kind of startled me, and I was kind of upset about it. Because mm-hmm. here is Jack Bauer, the manliest, most incredible, you know, fighting terror superhero on television right now. Let me just quickly tell you, I've never seen a segment of 24. Oh, you are missing out. It's the best show on television. From what I heard. It really is. It's the best show on television. It is, it is gripping drama. Okay, this guy is like the modern day Bond. Okay, he is, he is smooth. He is, you know, not with the women as much, but I mean, he is capable of amazing things in terms of fighting terror for America. And he shows up last night on Letterman wearing a green dress because, and, and Letterman didn't know he was going to do this. This was not like a bit. Did, this was not planned. Did the dress show arm like Michelle Obama? Because that's uh, the new look now. Yes, it, it had some arm, but he, he had underneath, he had like a white uh, long sleeve shirt okay. underneath the dress. <laughs> and then he <laughs> took a good look. And he had boots. I mean, the, the thing looked ridiculous. What he, bet did he lose? He made a bet with a buddy of his that he was so sure that the Patriots were going to win last weekend ah. that if they lost, hey. he was going to wear a dress on Letterman. As bad as they lost, he should have come out wearing nothing but uh, you know women's underwear. Well, that would, they didn't only lose; they got hammered. Well, that was what kind of ruined the what ruined the interview because I was really interested to hear about season eight of Twenty Four, and instead <laughs> Dave is making all these jokes about Kiefer Sutherland wearing a dress, and it was mm-hmm. funny. Listen, it was funny, but it was weird, you know, because it wasn't this planned bit. It wasn't a. It wasn't a. You know, Dave was so thrown off by it that 
it, he didn't really know how to handle it and just made some jokes about it. And Keeper was got there. all his Keeper Sutherland notes here on twenty four, and, and then the guy away. comes out yeah. wearing a dress. Yeah, so I mean, he he it was funny because. Kiefer was really a good yep. sport about it and made jokes about it, but mm-hmm. you know, seeing Jack Bauer in a dress was a little off-putting. To Did me. he show a little thigh or not? Uh, well, he kept trying to make sure that the dress was closed, thankfully. <laughs> David Olson, our producer, is an uh, outstanding movie critique. I judge your opinion uh, tremendously. Your thoughts on 24, is it as good as Jordan and many others say it is? No, it got ridiculous after season four. Oh, watch, come watch on. The, the first four seasons are amazing and out of this world, and then it just got kind of ridiculous. Oh, I don't agree. I thought season oh, five, oh, season five was a great season. Was season five the one where he, he got released from the Chinese prison? Season, well, season, no, that was season six. That was the beginning of season six. That was the beginning, okay. Season right. five was when, uh, pre- with President Logan. Okay, alright, then I stand corrected. And season six was a little bizarre. Season seven, though, was a great rebound. I don't know if you saw season seven. No, I gave, I gave up during see, season seven. See, because like... the, the writers of 24, <laughs> real quickly, not to go into whole diatribe, but season six was a little bit bizarre. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things about 24 is that there obviously are a few unrealistic things because it's television, but they try to really there, make there it realistic. There are a lot of unrealistic things. Yeah, but I mean, they, they try to make it fairly realistic for television. I mean, if it was totally realistic, there wouldn't be as much drama. But there is a lot of realis- realism in the show. Season six got a little out there. The fans were upset. And then season seven, they really wanted to hit a home run. I thought they did. Season seven was, was, Fantastic, I mm-hmm. thought. One of the best seasons ever. And so, David Olson, you need to be going to rent season seven right now. Season eight is in is based How in New York. How many seasons have there been? This is, season eight is the Holy upcoming man. season, and it's and it's being set in New York this time. So, for, for me to catch night. up, I got to watch like seven seasons worth. Basically, sequester myself for about three months and catch up on the show. You you would. I'm telling you right now. I've heard it's very good. I've never met. I've honestly never met somebody that has started watching the show. That did not get through every episode of every season because they became addicted to it. It's an addictive mm-hmm. show. Every okay. episode ends with one of those cliffhangers that you you can't. Like I was once in Hawaii and I spent nine hours of a day that was sunny in Hawaii watching 24 episodes because I couldn't stop. I was like, it looks nice out there. I can't I can't leave my apartment. I have to I have to keep watching. <laughs> You're on this highly expensive I'm, vacation. Right. Probably with one of the many beautiful young ladies that you have uh, dated in the past and you spend a good part of the vacation watching 24, ladies and gentlemen. Besides looking at him, you now realize and know why Jordan Burnfield is still single. Yeah, I'm, I mean, listen, it's no secret that I'm a loser, but my yeah. point is, is no, that... Oh, stop yourself. But I, would br- I brought the computer out to the beach... And I put a towel over my head, and I was watching the show. It's it's so addictive that you can't get rid of it. By the way, can I give you a underrated show that uh, could compete? Maybe not with the drama of 24, but it's pretty good. And it was on last night. I missed the debut because I was working. My family was watching the show. But I've seen in the past it's Leverage I'm not with Timothy this. Hutton. What, show, what channel is it on? Couldn't tell you. TNT. Okay. It's a TNT show. Yeah. I've not, not seen it. I've not, not seen bad. it. Very I've actually, underrated. I've seen Burn Notice before. I know that's a popular one on USA. I've seen mm-hmm. that a few times. I haven't been able to get I, – I can't commit to a lot of TV shows. Right. Because I, I'm so busy that I miss a lot of them. Mm-hmm. The only ones that I co- I've committed to in terms of I will DVR it if I can't watch mm-hmm. it and actually watch every episode are 24, mm-hmm. Lost, and Lie to Me. Okay. That's it. Because, I, I mean, I feel like I have a buddy who's got like eight shows he's committed to, and he's ruined his life. 
I mean, he's never around. He's got like 19 episodes of television that he hasn't mm-hmm. watched, and he's sitting in his house with his DVR, probably with like a, a an old pizza box and like wounded soldier beer cans strewn all over the floor <laughs> while he's trying to get through all these shows. I mean, for me, it's too much. Everybody says TV is bad, TV's garbage. If, if you take the time and sit down and watch it, even the most inane shows, at least to me, they can be entertaining. It's addictive. They are, yes. It's, either it's like cigarettes or it's like alcohol. You have to stay off it and pick and choose your brief times. Otherwise, you can turn into a vegetarian or a uh, a television Or veg, just a vegetable. Yeah. Like your fine friend. But, uh, yeah, you know, lots of good shows out there. 888-463-6748. The phone number here on thetalkzone.com. And, of course, the show's called Two Guys at a Mic, our first show webcasting. Very, very exciting. I'm waving to our viewers right now. Maybe not that exciting. Could be a disappointment to a lot of our female listeners out there who've heard JB before. They've heard I mention, uh, you know, single, very and they much look eligible. And they're like, oh, God. Very excited. The voice sounds interesting. He sounds semi-intelligent. Lives in Chicago's north suburbs. Very exciting. And now you can see him up close and personal. And that's where the email string ends. An eminent That's disappointment. It. Yeah, it's just it's 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 like uh, when you go on one of these dating websites and you read the <laughs> descriptions of the girls and they sound wonderful and mm-hmm. you love the personality and then you see their picture and they're shaped somewhat like the Goodyear blimp and that's when you just say you know what personality doesn't matter anymore. I'm I'm done with this one. Mm-hmm. In the words of in the words of Vinny and my cousin Vinny, as we already mentioned, I'm done with this guy. That's the end. <laughs> you just you know it's you can't. It's it's the bait and switch thing. I mean, maybe I sounded good, and then then you then you got to seeing me, and you got to see what you're really getting, and you don't want it anymore. Ah, uh, stop yourself. Well, Just put yourself down. Makes it, you that much more attractive. Oh, well, thank All you. All right, right before the break, before you rudely interrupted me, after I rudely interrupted you. Yeah, I, I think we rudely interrupted track. each other in our stream of consciousness. That's what we do. One hour a day, five hours a week here on thetalkzone.com. We were talking about a quick break for the hockey, basketball, football stuff. The Baseball Rules Committee is meeting as we speak. And, by the way, the Cub Convention yes. is this weekend, which uh, is about as exciting as us being webcast. Yeah, I, I've i never been, and I've had the opportunity to go. Yeah. I, I don't really want to go, to be honest. Yeah. I just, you know... It's it's a lot of autograph lines. I'm not big on autographs. Yeah. Like I don't uh, care about that stuff. You know, there, there's... If, if there was an opportunity for me me to really like talk to players mm-hmm. and get to know them a little better, that might be interesting because I actually really find it interesting how, how these guys go through their sort of double life of celebrity athlete and just regular person. But I I don't. That's not for me. I I don't know. I it's just too it's too much going on. A lot of things going on in the fine city of Chicago and the list of things that I'd want to do. Over the weekend, Jordan, I would say attending the Cub Convention, probably right behind attending the new exhibit at the Art Institute. And I don't know about you, but I don't particularly like standing around looking at paintings. I, you know, I do want to talk about the Rules Committee thing, but one quick note on the Art Institute. Yeah. Have you ever been in that modern section where they have, like, bizarre art, yeah. like toilets hanging on yeah. the wall, and they call that art? Yeah, give Listen, me I can make art every morning <laughs> and every night. Okay, if that's art, yeah. I've got some art for you right yeah. here, Art Institute. Yeah, I remember when modern art first came out. Maybe, uh, oh, I'm going to guess, the mid-80s, early 80s, maybe late 70s. And, then, you know, somebody would, you know, paint a circle dot in one corner and, you know, a couple of stripes in the other. And the painting would sell for like $5,000. Yeah, that's like, that's child oh, painting. Brilliant, representing, you know, this and representing that and man's inhumanity towards man. By the way, a hint to all the young kids out there, anytime you're writing a paper, and you're looking for a little symbolism, man's inhumanity towards man is always a great out. Listen. That got me through two years of high school English. 
Well, good for you. But I will say this, that I, I, I think that the reason why all that crap art is considered art <laughs> is because a bunch of high people were looking at this art, and they're like, dude, that's a circle with two lines. Wow. That is just out of this world, man. Yeah. We should hang that in the Art Institute. And that's what happened. Yeah. Just a bunch of hippies who were yeah. all hopped up on drugs, yep. thought it was cool. But you know what? I think I'd still rather be at that than the Chicago Cup Convention. I agree. All right. But right, well Rules Committee. Yeah. Rules Committee is meeting cocktails at whatever southern location or western location they are at. We are going to suggest, looking for our listeners to suggest any, uh, you know, watching baseball last year, any rule changes you would like to see. The two they're looking at right now is increasing expanded Instant replay. Yep. And boy, you could open up a whole can of worms on that puppy. And as you mentioned, going to seven games in round one of the series. Uh, our production staff, our fine interns, were also the same people that did my makeup this morning, by the way. They did a bad job. Yes, on the makeup. Yes. But they did a good job here. Because Maybe. they came up we'll with a find few. Out. These are ways, and I'd like some from you too, Jordan, sure. to speed up the game of baseball. Because it's a little long. It's a little long. Okay. Uh, one, suggested by one of our uh, fine interns, you know the old axiom, tie goes to the runner? Change it. Tie goes to the defense. Uh, you know what? I don't, I don't even think that that's true anymore, tie goes to the runner. Huh? How many bang-bang plays do you see where they give it to the defense? I feel like it is now yeah. tie goes to the with, defense. With the first baseman pulling his foot off the base right. like seven feet. I, I honestly think, I think. I mean, you're right in theory, but I honestly think, to be to be honest with you, that it, it is tie goes to the defense now. Mm-hmm. They never give the tie to the runner anymore. Mm-hmm. They really don't. Okay. But so I think that one's solved. I think you got your okay, wish there. So make it, make it official, but uh, no more tie goes to the runner, tie goes to the fielder. Number two, number two, third foul ball. This is almost like softball. Third foul. You're out. See, I, I don't like that. Not good. You're a big fan of the foul ball. Not a fan of the foul ball, but I'm a fan of making sure a guy gets his at bat. I think one way that you could fix the length of an at bat <laughs> is that, and they do this in college baseball, uh-huh. is you cannot take both feet out of the batter's well, box. You, you've just sto- yeah. you've stolen uh, okay. intern Ingrid's third one. Uh, well, I'm sorry, Ingrid, and and you know I'll I'll give you some. You know, I'll buy you lunch after the show. Anger work first. She calls it, by the way, the BBTO. Okay, yeah. The batter's box timeout. Yeah. And you're allowed one BBTO per possession, per at-bat. See, I, I would not even do it that way. The way they do it in, in college baseball, I think, is how they should do it in the major leagues, which is if you foul the ball, if you hit a foul ball, if it's a batted ball, you can step out of the batter's box to recollect okay. yourself. I was not aware of this. If you do league. not, uh-huh. if you take a pitch or you offer at the pitch but miss... You are not allowed to take both feet out of the batter's box. You must keep one foot in the batter's box the entire time. And it does speed up the at-bat. I mean, listen, college baseball games are long because the pitchers aren't very good. And I'm not, I'm not saying this is a slight on them. It's just the fact. The, the, there are a yeah, lot of and the batters get to use uh, and they the, get to use the aluminum weapons. Aluminum bat, yeah. yeah, they get to use aluminum weapons <laughs> on turf fields and bat the ball all over the place. Right, but I'm saying that the score of the game is 10 to 6. That's why it's a, it's a slower game. But in terms of each at-bat, they do go by faster because they're making you stay in the box. And instead mm-hmm. of having Nomar Garciaparra get out of the batter's box at every yeah. pitch to fix his batting glove 17 times, stay in the box, keep the at-bat moving. Mm-hmm. Then we don't have to worry about the foul balls. Yeah. Actually, intern Mary was going to name it the one scratch rule, where you can only scratch yourself one time per at-bat. But we decided to go a little politically correct and go BBTO. Yeah. One batter's box timeout per at-bat. But you're kind of on the same wavelength with that. Uh, any other rules you could suggest to speed up the game. I always thought, you know, the guy coming out of the bullpen, it's a long walk. Is there a way they could 
Like, maybe, you know, elevate him over the pitcher's mound and then just drop him down. Almost like, uh, or you remember the have... old ski lifts that used to take you up? Right. Some kind of ski lift over the stadium that could zzz, and boom, right down. Catapult. Well, see, that's, that's, yeah, that's catapult. A little dangerous, but, you know, these things happen. Why don't they just run in? I mean, you ever watched Todd Coffey come out of the bullpen, the National League relief pitcher, kind of a stout man, <laughs> kind of a lunatic? Yeah. He sprints in from the pen. Yeah. I mean, why not just have them all run in from the pen? In the condition a lot of the middle relievers are in? They could use the run. Well, they could, but the problem was they'd sprint in and they'd throw about three pitches and they'd need another reliever. This is true. I mean, Scotty Air, not the best, you know, not yeah. the most in shape guy, man right. who just retired from baseball. Maybe, However, maybe could they put the bullpen in an area underneath the pitcher's mount instead of way out in left field? So now, if you want to call for a new pitcher, he just so raise like, your left hand, you let, raise your left arm, stomp your foot. You know, two stomps means the left-hander, one stomp the right-hander, boom, from the ground, up comes your pitcher. Well, see, I was, what I was They've thinking is They've been warming is that up down below. I, the way you described that, I was thinking that, like, the mound would come up as a saucer, like R2-D2's head, and it would just be, like, <laughs> spinning up, like, 15 feet, and then, like, up would pop the pitcher. And, and the starting like, pitcher underneath slow. the mound, and he'd, like, walk out, sort of like an iron chef when the chairman comes up, you know? Yeah. I mean, that would just be, like, and then the mound has to, like, Spin its way back right. into the. Right. We're getting we're getting a little ridiculous though, yeah. but I would like to hear. I mean, if you want to go the humorous route, that's fine. But uh, any suggestions as we take a uh, mid brief break here in the middle of winter from the football, basketball, hockey, and talk a little baseball here? Any rules to make the game that we all so much love a little bit better? We can pass these rules on to the rules committee who are right now on cocktail number two, I believe, Bloody Marys. The choice of beverage at the local hotel right now. Yeah, I mean, I have a couple thoughts, actually. Okay. And I think one of them is that they should limit the amount of time for a mound visit. I think that there should either be a set amount of time that they get, or umpires have to be far more forceful so. in making pitching coaches get the hell out there, have their meeting, and come back in. Because sometimes mm-hmm. these meetings seem like they're really have like it's like Major League. They're deciding what kind of pizza they're going to order after the game. Mm-hmm. But sometimes these mound visits take a minute or a minute and a half of making people wait, and I say, you know, 20, 30 seconds. Because the truth of the matter is, you're only going out to the mound to settle the pitcher down. There's, there usually is not, in the, on the major league level, some major mechanical flaw with the pitcher. You're, you're not teaching them a lesson out there. You're going out there to say, relax, you've pitched like crap, but we're getting a reliever ready, so I'm only coming out here because we need about 30 seconds to get the guy three or four more throws because we want to take you out of the game, but you've stunk, and we can't take you out yet. That's the obvious goal of these pitching visits. So just cut to the chase. Go out there. Have mm-hmm. your quick minute or your 30 seconds and get them off the field. Mm-hmm. The other thing I'd say, too, is that, you know, it's you can't totally limit it because in baseball, you know, you don't have media timeouts. You have inning breaks. So you're always going to have that couple minutes between each half inning that you have to have commercials. Yeah, which used to be two minutes, and then it increased to 215, 230, and now... Seems like it's about a four-minute break. Those breaks between innings at the major league level clearly have gone longer, and it's so they can get more commercials so that they can pay the middle-of-the-road player another $5 million per year. Yes, but, I mean, that's just – and it is what it is. I, You know what, though? I think, though, I think I did read that over the last three seasons, major league games on average have been about two hours and 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. So they're not really as long as people think. I mean, it's maybe a slower-moving game, and that's why it has the illusion of seeming slower. Mm-hmm. But the longest sport in, I mean, the longest sporting event, period, is football. 
I mean, those games take, I and mean, the NFL games are about three hours, maybe a little over three. College football games are like four hour extravaganzas. And just because there's a lot more running involved, people think it's fast. It's not fast. It's a total myth. I mean, to me, going to a college football game, you need like a seven hour span to get to the game, well, to watch this whole thing, and to get out of the stadium. It is a long event. But the games are longer. We gotta head to a break here. Talkzone.com. Our producer, you can't see him. Via the webcast, David Olson doing a phenomenal job, my bodyguard. Uh, you know, in football, now that there's more passing, the games are long. There's, I mean, there's a, a huge difference. Longer. You you get into a running game just because of the rules of the game. You don't got to be a rocket scientist, fifth grade stuff. Clock runs are running plays, incomplete passes, clock stops. The biggest reason for longer games besides the commercials is the fact that uh, the passing game has become so much more prevalent makes the games that much longer right and i mean you're right and and talking about how you know advertising has started to ruin sports i mean do we need a break after every kickoff do we need a break after every punt we being who we we being the fan no No. we being the owners who are paying the tv money and the players yes unfortunately our we is outvoted by their we and together it makes one big we we i knew that was coming however i will say that it's you know it's it's just you can't you want to talk about a sport that has been ruined by commercials. Yes. I understand why they do it. I understand the necessity for Use it. Use the but tape it's machine. Just, it's Use the tape machine. I'm a long-time tape machine guy. By the way, I'll you tell you about it. You mean the DVR? Huh? You mean the DVR? Are you still well, taping yeah, games yeah, on yeah, VHS? DVR. DVR. Okay. Whatever you happen to have. But yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm not doing VHS tapes. You could anymore, be. Please. The way the way you yeah. deal with your internet, I, I would be not. I would not be surprised if you were still going tape machine. I'm an old-fashioned guy. I'm not that old-fashioned. By the way, I'll tell you a terrible DVR story that happened to me this morning, and it has to do with the Tom Izzo. We'll take a quick break here on thetalkzone.com. You can email us at Mike2Guys. That's M-I-C number two. Mike2Guys at AOL.com. It's the talkzone.net, uh, doczone.com, and our phone Are number you is 888. Sure? Do you know what website we're on? 888 How many months have you been here? 6748. We're webcasting. Don't give me a hard time, otherwise I'll <laughs> punch you and slap you inside the head. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone 
And we do welcome you back to TalkZone.com. Final segment. They only give us an hour, JB. Hopefully in the not-too-distant future, we can replace the bridal show, the uh, legality show, the criminal show, whatever the various shows are that follow us. We're looking to take over another hour. I don't want to spread our britches too much, but we need two hours to do this show, quite frankly. I agree, because we get on so many tangents. Yes. That the sports conversation turns into 24, Kiefer Sutherland wearing a dress, um, media timeouts. I mean, all sorts of just inane commentary that needs mm-hmm. to it needs to we breathe. Need focus. We need, well, we need we just need more time to get all of our sports thoughts out there because I was hoping that at some point maybe we could discuss Lovey Smith potentially moving to Knoxville. Maybe mm-hmm. we could talk about Lane Kiffin. I mean, you're a coach. I was curious what you thought in terms of. You know, whether you let your kid play for Lane Kiffin, would you think mm-hmm. of him as a coach? I mean, I don't even know right. if we'll have time right. for that. Well, today. we could bring that topic up real quick, though. Speaking of coaches, before the break, I said I had the, uh, the uh, little DVR horror story. So this morning, yeah, uh, you know, I taped the game. I'm trying to watch Wisconsin-Northwestern when I got home last night about 8.30, 9 o'clock. The family's watching Leverage. You know, by the time I got the TV in my control, it's about 10 o'clock. Okay, so I was able to eat a little bit and stay awake by the second. Like, was it like that AT&T U-verse commercial where everyone's pointing the remote at each other like guns? <laughs> Have you seen that? They're all like, I do that when my you're wife... You're not turning off my show. When my wife is nagging at me once in a while, I will kiddingly uh, put the remote at her like I'm trying to... Ch- <laughs> she don't like that. Yeah, I... not, Does not find the humor in that at all. Yeah, I would guess she doesn't like to be... Tri- <laughs> she doesn't like to be muted. No. That's why Tony Reale... I that. wasn't trying to mute her. I was trying to change the channel. No, I'm saying that then on that Around the Horn show, you know, where Tony Rielli has the four mute buttons. Yeah. He has the best job in the world. He can mute people whenever he wants. Wouldn't yeah. you love to be able to just mute people whenever you want? It's not bad. If that gig's ever open, I'll apply for it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But Have you thrown your... your hat into the ring for, like, offensive coordinator of the Bears, by the way? No, but I, I did throw it in for head coach of the DePaul Blue Demons. Yes, I yeah. figured I only have so many hats. Yes. I can only throw them in specific places. Anyhow, so second half of the Northwestern game, I wake up this morning, usually at 530, I'm reading my... Newspaper. I need my 45 minutes of peace and quiet before waking the kids up. Nice hot cup of coffee. That's my morning routine. Well, instead of reading the newspaper, I'm watching the tape of Northwestern Michigan State. Somehow, and I taped HD, maybe it's because of the HD channel, I tune it on and boom, it's back to the very beginning. And I had started the tape about halfway through the Michigan State-Minnesota game, which was on the Big Ten Network before. Yeah, but can't, can't you just fast uh, forward it? Yeah, so fast forward. Yeah. All right, so I got to watch it. You know, time is and it finally takes me three minutes to get back to the Northwestern game. I'm watching first commercial. I hit the fast forward button. Boom, stops, pause, click, back to the middle of the Michigan State game. Meanwhile, the Northwestern game, if you're watching, is a pretty close game. Did so, it, as frustrated as I am, I got to go back. Did it start I mean, late? Huh? Did it start late? No, I don't think so. I don't know what the technical problem was. But bottom line is, there's Tom Izzo in the Michigan State spot. Fast forward, back to the Northwest. Again, it happened. So I think I saw part of the Michigan State-Minnesota game like four times, and I had to watch a little bit of the Tom Izzo postgame interview like four times, which, quite frankly, is about three and a half times too many. Yeah, I would say you're and, probably right. But I ended up, I did get to watch the game. David, you had a, you think, what, what technical problem did I have there? No, it's just a glitch in the recording. Okay. I've had that happen to me before, and then I've gotten to a point where it won't let me go any further in the file. Right. Which is really frustrating, I, especially when it's something you really, really oh, want to watch. Man, that's painful. Oh. It's horrible. Painful. It's a, well, the worst is when, like, you know, Fox or one of these networks puts on, like, a 
surprise Obama press conference or something. And so then it changes the DVR schedule because, mm-hmm. if, you know, if he goes on until 845, then whatever show was on at 8 starts at 845, and then whatever show was on at 9 starts at 945. And all of a sudden, you have this problem where if you taped something between 9 and 945, you're not getting the show you taped. Mm-hmm. You're getting something else because it's only taping for one hour. So you either have to set it on that mode where you get like the 15 extra minutes each way or you're screwed. You're watching it online mm-hmm. or you're watching it on Hulu or some pirate website because you're screwed otherwise. You can't yeah. watch it. Yeah, I got a bad feeling. You know how I have bad dreams on a regular basis? I got a bad feeling tonight I'm going to wake up in the morning about 2.30 in the morning, look over at my wife, won't be able to get back to sleep, and she'll look just a little bit like Michigan State coach Tom Izzo. That, that would be a pretty scary very, dream. Very scary thought. That, 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 every once in a while I have these dreams and, you know, it, it was more on I've the old radio show. I've heard about these dreams. Yeah, it was more... Haven't had it so much since I started the talk zone job, but believe me, I'm sure they'll start recurring once again. All right, you had brought up Lane Kiffin, very odd situation. I've heard no rumors of Lovey Smith going to Tennessee, but as a Bears that came fan, out this morning. I would be fully in support of that. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's hard to make judgments without knowing all the details, but without knowing all the details, the initial judgment is what a horrible thing to do, to go to Tennessee and well, promise all these kids and build up a program and start a new program going. I mean, I mean, you know, did he tell the Tennessee people? Well, no, hey, well, I'm well, here to stay. I'm here to build a program unless, unless. He doesn't have to say this publicly. Did he tell the people that hired him? If USC, that's the one job that I will leave for. You know, if he did that, maybe. But if he didn't, there's no excuse. You go, you commit to a program, you got to follow through with that commitment. I, I agree to a point, but here's where I disagree, okay? And I hate to say this because I can't stand Lane Kiffin. I despise this man. I think he's such a – he is the definition of a tool, okay? And I don't always call somebody that, but he is a tool. But here's the problem with this, okay? Even though he's a tool, let's say tomorrow, Coach, you are offered your dream job, whatever that is. They're going to pay you more money than you've ever been paid. You are – going to have the opportunity to do the one thing that you've always wanted to do. Would you not leave what you were doing, no matter what it is, no matter mm-hmm. what the commitment, no matter what the potential ramification is, to have that job? For mon- for many people, for most people, they probably would do the same thing. Now, I'm not saying that... What Kiffin did is necessarily the nicest thing to do because obviously it's not he is betraying a lot of kids that he recruited. It makes him look like a complete buffoon for last week going out and telling everybody how much they'd love to see him at Tennessee. And now, I mean, he's going to be saying the same thing about USC. There are obviously a lot of pitfalls in this. However, I would have to say for myself, if I was offered a dream job and it was – you know, comparable to what Lane Kiffin was just offered and what he just took. If I was offered my dream job tomorrow, I'd probably have to quit everything I was doing to take that job. And so part of me understands it. The bigger problem for me, coach, is the system because in college athletics, coaches can do this. They have no loyalty. They can move around. They can get out of their contracts. They can get buyouts. They can do whatever they want. They can betray their schools, their fan bases, their kids, everybody. They can do whatever they want. But if an athlete, if a college athlete doesn't like where they're at 
for whatever reason, whether it's they don't like the coach, they feel homesick, they don't like the school, they don't like the economic, anything, and they want to transfer to play sports somewhere else, they have to sit out a year and almost ruin their college experience and college athletic experience because they want to transfer. So to me, the problem is there's no ramifications against coaches leaving, but there's such a disparity in terms of the penalty between a player leaving and a coach leaving. That's the problem. It's not as much Lane Kiffin, even though I can't stand Lane Kiffin. Well, uh, and the second thing you bring up, you know, that's a almost a topic for another day because you're opening up a Pandora's box and and how you deal with you know kids that would want to transfer. You're right. There's a basic unfairness. I think we always uh, we all agree on that. The problem is you could solve one problem and create another. Yeah, we're going to let players, students do the same thing as the coaches. It all sounds great. Oh, good, everything's even now. But then you're going to see the college sports landscape go, you know, hell in a handbasket. So there's problems there. But getting back to uh, would you take your dream job? First of all, in your scenario, there's not a lot of people depending it. So. I think it'd be a little bit more acceptable. But if you're taking over a program where there's a lot of kids, a lot of parents, a lot of alumni that are depending on you, you know, if there is a dream job out there that you're going to leave for, maybe, like I said before, you should let them know that, you know, maybe this is the one job that I would go to. Otherwise, no. I don't think there's an excuse for leaving. And, and, and is the USC money that much more than the Tennessee money? I don't know, but it's, it's almost to me, it's... Lane Kiffin wanted to be the head coach at USC. I mean, that's what he wanted. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Is it wrong that he's leaving Tennessee the way he's leaving Tennessee? Yes. Well, what's wrong with it is it, taking the Tennessee job and building a program. And you know how much well, he it takes. he didn't really build a program. He huh? took one year. Well, I mean, he's he in the time. process of building yeah. a program. That's what you try to do. Right. Okay. And you get, you know, it's like, it's like you're going to do all the construction. And then as soon as you got all the construction set, you quit. And you go on to the next job and leave it for everybody else to clean up. So, no, I don't think that is acceptable. If you're going to take over a program like that, you have to commit to that particular program. If there's a job out there that is your dream job, and it's not that much of a shock that Pete Carroll left USC. There's been rumors all along. Uh, I think it's a shock. All right, but it's still it's, it's within the realm of possibility. I think he's was... only leaving because USC is going to have sanctions. That's, to me, the only reason why I don't, Pete Carroll I don't want to get into that. I want to stick to the point. Is it acceptable for Elaine Kiffin to leave that program and go to USC? And you seem to be saying it is, and I would say, no, I really don't see I'm not saying that it is acceptable unless there was some agreement before it. I'm not saying that it's necessarily the most acceptable thing to do. I think there's sort of a gray area, but to me... You're I saying it's understandable. I, it's understandable. It, it is the guy got his dream job. I don't like Lane Kiffin. I don't support him in anything that he does. I think all he did for Tennessee was create problems. He shot off his mouth when he was wrong. He had multiple players arrested. He had a plethora of issues in Tennessee. And to be honest with you, if I were a Tennessee fan, I'd probably be happy that he's gone. There's that aspect of it. But at the same time, I can't totally fault somebody who has the chance to get their dream job and not and, and and take it. I mean, I just feel like if you have a chance to have the job you've always wanted, mm-hmm. you only get one life, okay? You only get one chance sometimes, most times, to get the job that you've always wanted. And if USC is the job that Lane Kiffin has always wanted, then I 
as hard of a decision as it might be, and I don't know how hard it was for Lane Kiffin, but I'm sure that there was some level in which he felt remorse to what he was about to do to the Tennessee football program. Mm-hmm. He's got to take that job. To me, it's it's Tennessee, what he did to the people of Tennessee, I can understand the betrayal. I can understand why people would be furious. I can understand why Lane Kiffin is the is public enemy number one right now in Knoxville. But but I just feel like it is Tennessee. Yeah, it just it's just you can't you can't totally blame him for wanting his dream job. And and if I'm a Tennessee fan right now, having a cooler head now after a couple of days of letting this blow over a little bit, mm-hmm. I think they're better off. Well, I think the guy's a jerk. Uh, you may be right. We can argue this to the day is done. I will just say this that I'll say it looking at our fine Producer David Olson, you could relay this to our general manager, the well-coiffed uh, commander-in-chief Chris Whitting. I'm here to stay. If ESPN offers the big contract, Big Ten Network comes after me, Sports Channel, whatever to me, David Olson, I'm staying here at the TalkZone.com. I will not take the big contract with ESPN. See, I think you're lying. That's notice, a sad story. Notice Excuse why I didn't me. write that down. Yeah, you didn't write that down. Are these and... tapes archived? Yeah, they're all archived online. Yeah. See, you, see, you can't... Huh? Here, here's the here's the perfect example. Okay, you're doing this right now. You're yes. doing about you're coaching. You do a bunch of different things. Okay, let's say for the sake of argument, okay, that you know Illinois <laughs> was going to hire you to be their head basketball coach. Yep. Would you not drop everything to be that? Go on in a minute. Okay. Let's say <laughs> that you know some big radio station was going to hire you to be their you know mm-hmm. morning drive talk show host. You're out of I, here. I would pre-tape ten shows just so that uh, David Olson and the rest of the crew wouldn't miss me. You're out of here. And I'd come around for next year's wild Christmas party. Right. Again. So then, how can you exactly? So then, how yeah. can you, in your bizarre Christmas sweater, <laughs> then say that Lane Kiffin committed to something? He's got to yeah. stay there. You can't. Yeah. I mean, as bad as bad as it looks, mm-hmm. as much as it hurts, the truth is that Lane Kiffin did what is best for him, right. and I can't totally blame him for that. All right. Well, I'm all Lane Kiffin out. I want to finish the show on a much more uh, serious note of sports talk and more here on the TalkZone.com. You? Two guys and a mic, and we talk about all the inane sports. Really, the first 53 minutes of our conversation, absolutely. Uh, it's the candy factory. It's the play factory of life. And what has happened in the past couple of days, Jordan, uh, very, very tragic, sad situation out in the fine country of Haiti. And I, I would be remiss if we just talk sports and rule changes and Lane Kiffin and didn't bring that up. And we're just beginning to get some of the videos and some of the stories. But the more you hear and the more you see, the more sad it is. And what a tough, tough situation. You almost feel helpless, do you not? Yeah, when I mean, you watch? what a down note to end the show on, show on I well, guess. Well, it's not but... a down note. It's, uh, it is a down note, but it's reality. It is. It's really sad. I can only I mean, talk Lane Kiffin for so much. Yeah. Well, the pictures are are kind of telling the whole story. I mean, the pictures that you're yeah. seeing and the video, and it's just really, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's horrible. And and the worst part is, is that you never wish any kind of natural disaster on anybody, but it can't happen in a country like Haiti. Yep. They don't have the money. It's one of the poorest countries in the world. Mm-hmm. If it happens in America, I mean, Hurricane Katrina was devastating. It was horrible. But New Orleans is starting to pick up the pieces. I mean, our country was able to help New Orleans revive itself. And it is, I mean, I haven't been there. I'm actually going to New Orleans in a few months, so I can Mm -hmm. tell you firsthand. But it's, 
it's in a country where the country can help itself get out of the mess. Haiti cannot help itself. Medical and situation in Haiti already not so good. Disaster. Security situation in Haiti already not so good. Financial situation not so good. And now you got this disaster. You are right. You, I mean, that, you, that's what makes this so horrible. It's not not only that is this a terrible tragedy and a disaster, what's going on there, but the worst part about it, in my estimation, mm-hmm. is that they can't help themselves. They can't fix this. That I don't know if there's going to be enough help that we can provide or that other countries can provide to truly get them at least back to where they were. Even though I'm not saying that's a good situation. It's just it's so sad that there's that it happened, if anywhere, that it would happen there because these people cannot fix this. Yep. And that's the worst part about this situation. Let's hope it's not just our country, but let's hope it's... Uh... All the countries, as many as possible, coming together and help us out. The U.S. could lead the charge, but the U.S. cannot do it alone. And uh, starting tomorrow, we're going to try to, I said it's a helpless situation. You feel really helpless. Well, you know what? Uh, the slightest bit of good is better than the best of intentions. So we're going to try something starting tomorrow where we're going to uh, donate every phone call or every email that comes in. We're going to throw $10 in the kitty, and, and via the two guys in a mic show, we're going to try to do something. That would and be donate very nice. some money to the American Red Cross or one of those organizations. I'm gonna, I haven't even talked to Chris or Dave about that. I'm going over their head. We're going to do that anyways. Uh, Tommy in. JB, thanks for doing the show. Don't forget, coming up right after this, folks, we talk sports of a different nature. The Youth Sports Fan Forum. Right here on thetalkzone.com every Thursday. So stick around for that. Me and JB will attempt to uh, do that show, too. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, everybody. Talkzone.com. Two guys. One mic. We're out of here.